Good morning. I am on there. Greetings. Good to see you this morning. What an uh, incredible worship time. Thank you for the team. It looks like uh, we have a huge team, and it was awesome, but it can appear like we have plenty and we don't ever need anyone else. And that's not the case. We always need more. God's got a bigger plan. I'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, talking about glorious church, church that Jesus is building. Can we just pray? Lord, we're just so grateful for your presence. So grateful for all that you do. Thank you that even this morning already you're touching us, speaking to us, ministering to us, as only you can do. Lord, we just thank you. Now we say, Holy Spirit, would you reveal truth and lead us into all that God's doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've been talking about a glorious church. Matthew 16, Jesus said, I will build my church. It's wonderful. Jesus is building a church. He's doing it. He's building his church. Look around at the people around you. We're the church he's building. Not, not a place, not an organization, but people. It's actually amazing when you realize what he has to work with. <laughs> Just makes you realize how awesome he is that he can build a glorious church with us. We talked about a church that's focused on him, a church that's people, it's organic, a church that's filled with love and grace. And that's what we've been talking about in the last uh, few weeks. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Ephesians. We're going to spend some time in Ephesians this morning. Ephesians is a fantastic book. One of my favorites, but then all of them are my favorites. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, that God which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're his workmanship. That word in the Greek is like his masterpiece. We are his masterpiece. You're his masterpiece, but we're his masterpiece. It's actually quite amazing. It's in the context, if you read just before that, of his great love with which he loved us. Verse 4. Uh, verse 8. For by grace you've been saved. In the context of God's love and grace, he immediately goes on and says that we're his workmanship. That he's prepared works for us. He's created them. See, we're created. When we come to Jesus, we're a new creation, but in him, we're created for works, for having an impact. It's, there's a whole theological background of that. I won't take time to, to tell you, but all, very quickly, in Genesis, it says that God made us in his image for relationship, and he made us for rulership. 
Both were lost. He's restoring both in Christ. We're restored to relationship and also to rulership, to impact in partnership with him. We have a purpose. So we're his workmanship created for good works. Now that applies to us individually, and we're going to see in a minute it also applies to us corporately. But let me say this. It applies to us individually in, that, in this way. We are all growing in maturity, which literally means to be like Jesus. We're all being transformed into his image. When we focus on him, when we sing about him, when we, when we look at him, when our, the, the object of our attention is him, we're being transformed into his very image. That's pretty amazing. But what that means is that we're changing. How many of you realize that you're not actually totally like Jesus yet? In order to get from where we are to where be like his, we actually have to change. And there's actual change involved. James chapter 1 let me find it real quick so I don't have to read it from the uh, screen behind me. In James chapter 1 from verse 21, it says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness, and we receive with meekness the implanted word. It's basically uh, contrasting us in the world to us in Christ. Lay aside this stuff. And receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. There's something of us as we respond to the truth of God's word, to what God's declaring that we're transformed. We need to ask this. Lord, what are you saying to me? And then what do I need to do differently as a result of that truth? So it's not just about hearing a message. It's not about gaining information. It's about actually being changed. Lord, what are you saying to me? And then what do I need to do differently? That's become doers of the word and not just hearers. I can just hear. If you say to me, well, that was wonderful. It was a great insight. I've never seen that. That's helpful. But the next step is, if that's great insight, what am I going to do differently as a result of hearing that? Otherwise, we get deceived. That's what it says. Thinking we're changing when we're not. Ooh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Stepping on toes. I'm actually quite happy. But see, Jesus says that we're his workmanship, not just us as individuals, but also us together. He takes us as individuals, and then he knits us with other individuals. And it's absolutely incredible. His masterpiece is not just transforming our lives, but putting us together so that we can reflect him. Isn't that incredible? 
Back over in Ephesians, chapter 2, we're going to read over in verse 19, and it says this, Now therefore, you're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself, the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together, he's fitting us together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom also you are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. God dwells in us individually when we're filled with him, but there's something that he dwells in us together that is a masterpiece. It's actually hard to comprehend. In fact, in that... God says that that is his manifold witness being declared to principalities and powers. And the fact that he can knit us all together in love and grace. You still with me? Turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. Verse, from verse 12, just for the time. For the equipping of the saints. He gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, gave gifts for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry or service, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Basically says that he's equipping us for service. He's created these good works, and then he equips us to do them. But it also says that they're for the edifying of each other. That those works of service are to edify others. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, that just doesn't, it, I'm not getting my needs met. That didn't meet my needs. Maybe it's not about your needs. Uh-oh. Huh? <laughs> Edifying of each other until we become like Jesus. Something of God's plan in transforming us to be like Jesus is we actually need each other. He doesn't do that in us on our own, isolated somewhere. He actually comes and knits us together that we then have a heart attitude of edifying one another so we become the fullness of Jesus. Let me tell you, you can't do that on your own. That's the lie of the devil that says I can separate myself from the bigger purpose and plan of God, the body of Christ, and not become cool, lose my fervor and heat, and not become affected by the world. Okay, I've gone to preaching. Until we become like Jesus. Matthew 20, 28. Jesus says this. Son of man came not to be served, but to serve. And give his life a ransom for many. Becoming like Jesus means that we have a heart to serve. 
Being transformed into his likeness, coming to the fullness of Christ, means that we have a heart to serve. Still with me? Okay, one, one last scripture, and then some thoughts on this. Chapter 3, verse 16 of Ephesians. He's praying, but he says that he, meaning Jesus, would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. He creates good works for us. He equips us, and then he strengthens us to do them. There is a supernatural grace and strength that comes from him. Okay, I don't want to get into the whole understanding of grace. I'm going to mention it. I'll come back to it again next week. But it's basically this. Grace enables us to do more than we could in the natural, not less. I don't know how many times people say to me, oh, we're not under the law, we're under grace. As an excuse to do nothing. It's just the opposite. In grace, we have a supernatural ability to do more. Not that we have to do more for God to love us and appreciate us. That's not it. But it's when we come to him, he gives us his spirit. And he enables us to actually do more. When we understand he's our source, we can be generous more than we can if we're not in relationship with him. Because he provides. It's not a matter of, oh, I'm not under law, I'm under grace, so I give less. No, it's just the opposite. I can be more generous. I can pour out more love. I have more strength for people who are difficult. Uh oh. So, some thoughts from these scriptures. First is this we all have a part to play in the glorious church that Jesus is building. We all have gifts, but nobody has all the gifts. That's a direct quote from my daughter-in-law, Joanne, in the States. We all have gifts, but no one has all the gifts. We all have a part to play. We all have a contribution. But none of us have it all. We need each other. Second thing, if that's the case, how do I find my part? How do I run in my lane? I don't know how often I've heard people say, I'm not sure what I'm called to do. I'm not sure what my place is. I'm not sure what my part is. Let me settle it for you this morning. You are called to serve. That's the word. Plain and simple. You're called to serve. In that, you'll find what you have a delight in. So how do you find what you're called to do? Do something. Anything. And then you can change. You can adjust as you grow. You can adjust as you go. 
Jesus says, we all have a part. Do something. Pray for people. You know, we have prayer, 920 every Sunday. You're all invited. Come and join us. We can adjust. You know, we used to meet in the other room. I'm going to talk about that later. But we used to meet in the other room. And in doing that, we had to set up chairs. And we had a wonderful team. We have so many incredible people who are participating and serving. But we had to set up chairs. We had a team. But I would come every, early every Sunday. And I would help set up chairs. Not because they needed my help. Not because I was afraid they wouldn't show up. But it was for me. It was a reminder. Every week, I'm not special. I'm called to serve. See, I was dealing with, a, talking with another leader a number of years ago in another country, so it's nobody here, who uh, had been asked to set out chairs. And his response was, I don't have grace for that. And I said, you know what? Jesus does. His word says his grace is sufficient. See, what he was lacking was not grace. What he was lacking was a heart to serve. If we have a heart to serve, he will give us grace. He will give us strength. How often do we use that as an excuse? I don't have grace for that. We can come boldly to the throne room of grace and find grace to help. He gives grace. Now, having said that, let me say this. There are seasons in all of our lives. There are seasons where maybe we're going through sickness. And you need to, to realize that God has grace. There are seasons when we have little kids. We've got Taryn here and Noah. There are seasons when we have life. There are seasons maybe as we get older and we get uh, a little bit less energy. <laughs> we can't do as much. Uh, there are seasons. But the seasons aren't an excuse to do nothing. We can't let that become normal. So what can you do? Like I said, we have a lot of people who serve. But within the church, we have people who set up and pack up every week. Interestingly, I'm speaking to all these young men. The people who set up and pack up are all older people. Many of them in their 60s and 70s. Ooh, <laughs> kids ministry. We have a lot of people who are wonderful in serving that. But as you all know, we've gone through a season where there's been a lot of sickness. And so even though we have a number of people involved in that, when they get sick, somebody has to step in. And so the same people end up doing everything. As we saw, we have a wonderful worship team, but... We want to see more. Now, 
This is the worship team. They lead us. Every one of us is a worshiper. Every one of us is a prayer. So when I talk about worship, I'm not talking about I'm called to worship. You're called to worship. You're going to do that for eternity. If you don't like worship, then you need to make some adjustments because you don't get out of that if you're going to heaven. (laughs) Things like greeting, communication, hospitality, doing the overhead screens. These are all things that you can do within the church. Praying, ministering to people, but there's also outside the church. Things like city mission. Things like the healing rooms. Glenn leads the healing rooms here, and there's many people in this church who are part of that, and you can be part of that. We're going to talk more about that next week. I'm talking about what we can do within the church. Understand, I'm not the least bit unhappy with the people who are serving. This isn't a a desperate call. We need more. We actually probably have more than, than most churches. But the church that Jesus is building includes all of us. It includes us sharing. We have a mic here. Let me clarify. This is not an open mic. This isn't everyone gets a chance. This is actually we want to facilitate what is God saying now to the church. Prophetic words, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. This is not just, hey, what was, I thought was a good thought last week. It's what's the Holy Spirit saying today? Okay, and so we have different of the the leadership team who kind of help coordinate that. Because how does that fit in with the worship? Sometimes the worship, there's something of us building an intimacy and we want to just fit. How do, how do we fit all the different parts together? We don't get it right all the time. We're trying. But that's part of contribution. That's part of us together. If God gives you a word of knowledge, come and share with us our prophetic word. If you, if you get it on Thursday, then send it to me before Sunday. Okay? And we'll figure out how. It makes it a whole lot easier to figure out how to work those things in. If you have it. You still with me? Now let me get real direct. I haven't been direct. <laughs> but one of the things we've recognized over the last few months is that we've lost something of the relational connection and component that was part of the foundation of us as a church. There are some practical reasons for that. We moved into a different room. It's darker. The chairs are fixed. They're, they're close. It's hard to, to move around and, and get to people. Uh, it has a whole different feel. The worship team is up here, and when they start packing up, they're on the stage, and there's almost a separation where there wasn't before. And a lot of people before would join in and just helping pack up. But that hasn't happened much because they feel like, oh, well, you've got to be part of that Group. No, you're part of this group. But in addition to that, we've had COVID stuff. We've had mass mandate for three months. And we've had distancing. And we've had a lot of sickness 
over the last few months. And all that together has meant that we've seen a, a diminishing of that relational connection. Now, if you've only been coming for the last few, few months, then you never experienced what it was like before. And we apologize for that. So how do we address that? A couple of things. One I'll talk about next week. But let me start with this. One of the things we want to do to address that is to, uh, and many of you had suggested this, is go back to having tea and coffee afterwards as an opportunity to connect. Many of you have suggested that. It is a great idea. We haven't done it. Because we can't ask the people who are serving to just do more. You know, most churches, 20% of people, do 90 to 100% of all the work. That's not the church that Jesus is building, but that's also a prescription for burnout. And some of you have experienced that, and you've burnt out. And you're saying, no, no, don't ask me to do anything. Our goal in everything is that people are only serving no more than once a month. And so in order to do tea and coffee, we need at least 12 new people to volunteer to help. We can't expect the guys who are already here at 8 o'clock setting up to do more. I'm quite intense here, aren't I? It is silent. We would love to see that happen. If you're willing to help, we need help. We also need someone to head that up. Okay? We can't just add something more to what everyone else is already doing. Uh, I think it's a great idea. And a number of you have recommended it. I keep waiting for someone who recommends it to say, I'll head that. Steve off. No. <laughs> Steve's going to do it. Now, that's a very practical way of addressing this, but there's more than that. It's not just the practical. There's something spiritual. There's something that we have to set in our heart that circumstances aren't going to control us. That a building that isn't quite as conducive to connecting because the rows are close and the, the uh, aisles are small, that we're going to actually fight through that. And we're going to connect with people. That we're going to invite people to lunch or coffee. One of the guys here had asked my wife, a few weeks ago about someone that they hadn't seen for a while. And Mary said something to him and said, well, why don't you give him a call? And you know what? He did. Got with him a couple times. I thought, that's exactly... You don't just say, hey, I haven't seen Lance for a while. You say, let me give Lance a call. I'm picking on Lance because he's right there in the... In my view. Huh? Is it backslap? No. <laughs> He's been fighting with sickness. 
if you didn't know that. Yeah. I want to say that he was sick a couple weeks ago when he was scheduled to be on, and so he switched the schedule and setup with Rob. And so Rob was on, and then Rob ended up with COVID, so he was off last week. So Lance was on last week. But Lance was still sick. But he came anyway. He came early, he set up, and then he went home, stayed away from everyone. I'm just saying, I would love to have a big enough team that we have people saying, hey, if someone's sick, give me a call. The worship team has been great over the last few months. They've been chopping and changing, and you know we've got a whole nice roster, but then half of them are sick. <laughs> and so it changes, and they've just been gracious. But there's something of the church that Jesus is building that says we have got to fight through the circumstances that would separate us. We've got, we've got to find grace and strength in him. I'm not just talking about serving. I'm talking about relational things. When you have a difficulty, someone doesn't greet you right and you think they're offended, don't withdraw. Press in. Let's fight through those things to be the, the atmosphere of the church that Jesus is building. Okay? Can I ask you to stand? We're finished? Almost. I'm passionate about this because I'm passionate about Jesus and the church he's building, but I don't want you to feel in any way any condemnation. It's not a place for, con in Christ there's no condemnation. It's not, oh, I have to do something. It's I get to be a part of this wonderful thing that Jesus is building that is different than what most of the world has ever seen. It's different than most churches you've ever been in. He's bigger. And when we press into him, something happens, and he knits us together with supernatural love and grace. Supernatural. We need supernatural. Bow your head for a moment, if you would, just so you're not distracted by other people. Not more spiritual to bow your head. It's not, I don't want to get super religious. I just don't want you distracted. But there was something I felt as we were worshiping. And this, one of the lines of the song says, the king is in the room. The healer is here. The redeemer is here. The deliverer for those who are bound. I believe there's just something of God wanting to Set us free. Set us free from previous mindsets. Set us free from limitations. For some of you, you've been told you have nothing to offer. Don't even think. And that's a lie of the devil. Jesus says you do. He put something in you. He's prepared it. 
He's equipping you and he's strengthening you or giving you grace to do it. Lord, right now, we just thank you for your spirit. And in the name of Jesus, we break off every wrong concept, every lie of the devil. We also break off condemnation that's been used in the past as a motivation, a way to manipulate people. But Lord, we just speak freedom, but freedom to be all that you've called us to be. Freedom to represent you. Lord, freedom to be the church, your glorious church. Not only with one another, but as we'll see, Lord, to be that light into the world. So Lord, we just thank you. And I just ask for a fresh outpouring of your spirit, of life, love, grace, and strength. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I hope in a few weeks we'll be able to say there's coffee and tea available. We'll see how that goes. But let me just encourage you. Greet someone before you go. Take a moment. Uh, there's lunch at Morty's. Uh, that, that's a, a great opportunity. I'm not sure that they could handle all of us if we showed up. But that, that would probably make their whole week. <laughs> they would be thrilled to pieces. So... Uh, yeah, if you can join us, great. Uh, but otherwise, connect with someone and let's move forward in all that God has. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.